Abstract Gamer, Episode 4. In today's episode, I discuss online gaming and Yinch. Hello, my name is Joe Peterson, and I am the Abstract Gamer. In today's episode, I will discuss online gaming and review Yinch. Before I get started, I wanted to say that I know that I don't even know a quarter of the websites out there that deal with abstract strategy games. So I'm going to start off with a plea for everyone to send me an email at abstractgamer at gmail.com with any websites you know that focus on abstracts. I have some links on the webpage, but if you have a site that you'd like to recommend, please let me know. I'm particularly interested in sites that can be used to play games. So today was a tough show to plan. Abstract strategy games and online play go together extremely well. One reason is that there are so many abstract strategy games out there that it's difficult to find an opponent who really loves them. I won't be giving up my game nights that focus on Euros, but I have yet to find a group of people who really love abstract strategy games in general. Now, there are many focused groups. You know, there are Go clubs and chess clubs galore, but there really aren't any general abstract strategy game groups around. I guess we're in the long tail. And for those of us who are not in the mainstream, the internet is a great resource. It lets us band together and form a group that is large enough to be noticed. Even before the internet, groups formed to play correspondence games by sending moves through the postal service. And now a natural extension to this is play by email. Anyone with a computer can do this. Simply find an opponent and email your moves back and forth. This isn't always easy though. Sometimes it's difficult to keep track of the board state or whose turn it is to move, what if the email gets lost in, in transit. In comes Richard's play-by-email server. Now, I'll link to this in my show notes. This site has over 100 games available. And the way it works is that you find an opponent, and there are tools on the server that help you find people who want to play the games that you're interested in. You will send them a challenge through the server, or possibly accept a challenge that they make. You then send your moves to the server, and it will email the move and text graphic of the board to your opponent. Your opponent will move and then you'll get an email. The server tracks everything and even validates its moves are legal. If you don't make your move in a timely fashion, it will send you a nag message. And if you don't make it within, I believe, 21 days, I would have to confirm that though, then the game is terminated and basically you resign. And if you ever need to get an update on what the board position looks like, you can send a command and it will send you the board state. And if you want to know what games you are in, you can send a command, and it will send back all the games you are in. It really is a very nice system for tracking email games. Some of the games even have a web interface, which leads me to the next natural extension to play by email, play by web. The idea is the same as an email server. Your game is on the server, and you log in to make your move. Usually, you can set your options so that you can even receive an email when it's your turn to move. I'm currently playing most of my games this way. I have 20 games going on at one site at superdupergames.org. Again, I will link that in my show notes. Superduper Games has 37 games that you can play, not counting variants, and that number is constantly growing. It just added two games in the last couple weeks. It really has a very good interface to help you find opponents, including the ability to start an open game invitation. Superduper Games has a good tournament interface, and many of the games have small-scale tournaments that have already run. Now, I'll be discussing the game Canon in the near future, and that will be having a tournament on SuperDuper Games coming up fairly soon. But I'll explain more about that later. 
Another way to play games that is also a natural extension to play by mail is play by forum. That is, you can play games using forum software or modified forum software more likely. I find that the online community is often broken up into two groups, people who prefer email lists and people who prefer discussion forums. They both have their place, and if this was a general geek forum, I'd probably spend the next 10 minutes discussing how they are different and when it's appropriate to use one over the other and when it doesn't matter which one you use. But it's not, so if you're interested, you'll have to email me. One place where I play forum-based games is mafiascum.net. Now, I'm an admin there, and I spent some time hacking together some tags to allow the community to play games other than Mafia. Now, if you like to play Mafia, I suggest you check out the site. It's really what it was set up for. Mafia Scum was set up to be a community for playing Mafia. Originally, Mafia had started on the Great Labyrinth, and it grew too big, and so Myth decided that it deserved its own form, and it grew up with its own community around it. Now, play-by-form games are generally just for this case. You will play games with people that are already a part of your community. If you want to play games in general, you know, I'm not sure that Mafia Scum is the best place for you to play. If you want to play Mafia, as far as I'm concerned, it's the best place on the internet. The general gaming category that we use, the whole sort of general mishmash, is really just a place for the community to play other games. It's similar to how other forums have Mafia, or else, as it's also known, Werewolf, for their communities to play that game. These other forums have one thing in common. You can make your moves at your own pace, within reason, and go about your day. You don't need to devote a block of time to play an entire game. You only need to be able to set aside enough time for a single move. This last category, however, is closer to playing across the board. You can play real time. Now, this often requires that you download a program to run on your computer. Before I continue, I want to reassure everyone that I will eventually do a separate show on programs that can be used to play games in real time. But today, I'm focusing on websites. These real time game sites are very good if you arrange a time to meet with your opponent or if you just want to play with a random person. The best sites allow for some chatting while you play. I like to use Skype when I play against distant friends so we can actually talk while playing. It really is the second best thing to play across the board. There are some excellent sites where you can play games in real time. Brettsfieldvelt is my favorite and it can be found at brettsfieldvelt.de and once again I will link that in my show notes. Um, you can tell from this URL that it's a German site. There is an English help server at brettsfieldvelt.info, which is a great help. Brettsfieldvelt, or I'll call it BSW now so I can stop butchering its name, BSW has a lot of really good Euro games. But it also has several pure abstracts, and some that are close enough to count in my book. BSW has a couple of the GIF project games, including Yinch, which is the game for this episode. And it also has games like Backgammon and Bazaar and Clans and Dvan, which I'll be discussing in my next podcast. Genial, as well as many others. BSW is best played using a client that you have to download and install, but it can be played through your browser too. The interface for the games is generally very well done, and I'm a little sad to say that I haven't had time to play there recently. Another site that recently came to my attention is Boardspace.net. It has a Java-based implementation that seems decent enough. I've only played a few games against the Dumbbots, which, as their name state, really are pretty dumb. I mean, I did fail to remember which color I was in tracks and win the game for the bot, but other than that, the Dumbbots really weren't that good. The implementation did seem decent, though. I wasn't ever able to sync up with anyone to play a real-life person. Unlike BSW, this site seems to focus exclusively on abstracts. 
Now, I know I went through these sites pretty fast. There are so many sites out there that I once again picked a topic that was too big for a single show. Instead, I'm going to spread this topic out throughout the remainder of these episodes. From now on, I will include in the show websites that can be used to play any of the games that I review. If you happen to know of any website that I don't, which is very likely, please send me an email or leave a comment in the blog. Before I jump into Yinch, I just want to say that today's topic really was very difficult. It was really tough to decide on what I was going to say about the topic of online gaming and what the scope was going to be. There are so many sites that if I mentioned even the ones that I know about, this episode would take way too long, and as I said, I don't even know a quarter of the sites out there. In order to help out with this, there is another podcast that I've been listening to that focuses exclusively on online gaming, and it's appropriately named Online Gaming Podcast. The author of this podcast is Kevin Devine. And instead of telling you what it is about, I'm just going to play a short promo right now. So you want to play some board games. You call up your friends. Nobody's available. Or maybe you just can't get out. So you think, maybe there's some sites I can go to and play with players around the world. But which ones are good? Which ones will have players? You're asking these questions and you don't know. Well, that's what the Online Gaming Podcast is here to help you with. Just go to onlinegamingpodcast.blogspot.com or search for us through iTunes and you can find out reviews of the online board gaming sites, what games are available, how many players are on, and everything else you need to know. You're listening to Abstract Gamer, intelligent discussion about abstract strategy games. Welcome back. This is Joe Peterson, and I am the Abstract Gamer. So, a little bit more about the online gaming podcast. Kevin Devine recently announced that he will be changing the format a little bit. Previous shows had a large focus on browser-based games. Now, these are not abstract strategy games, but they are sometimes a nice diversion. Apparently, he will be focusing a little bit more on board game sites. He recently reviewed BoardSpace.net, which I mentioned earlier, and it has several abstracts available. I recommend that you check him out. His show is a little bit raw, but I think it actually makes it very interesting to listen to. Yinch is a very interesting game. It is the last of the six games in the Gift series, but it was released fifth. So, I understand the reasoning behind wanting Yinch to be the last. It brings all of the games kind of full circle. Most of the Gift games are played on a, on a hexagonal board. Similar to Gif, Yinch is on the same board, only larger. Yinch comes with a standard quad-fold board of decent quality with a simple hexagon playing area ma- marked off. The play area is basically a hexagon, six on a side, with the corners removed, making a total of 95 points that you can play on. You also get 10 rings, 5 black and 5 white, as well as 51 markers that are white on one side and black on the other, similar to a man in reversi. Pieces are top-notch. They feel nice, they look nice. I use the markers in other games that require pieces that are black on one side and white on another. I am a big fan of vinyl boards, and I think that would be the one thing that I would have preferred in this board. I find vinyl boards are a little bit easier to tote around. The rules of Yinch are simple, and you probably remember that I think simple rules is one of the hallmarks of great abstract strategy games. Each player starts with five rings of their own color. You and your opponent then take turns placing your five rings on the board. Once placed, you start moving your rings around the board. When you move a ring, it will leave a marker of its own color in the space that it vacated. 
a ring moves in a straight line, and they can move over any number of empty spots with impunity. If they reach a marker, they may jump over it, and actually they may jump over any number in a single line, but if they jump, they must stop at the first empty spot they encounter. When a ring jumps, you flip all of the markers that were jumped to the other side. Now, a ring cannot jump over another ring, and it cannot jump off the board, and it cannot land on another marker. So it does have to go to an empty point. After you move your ring, if you formed a row of five colors of your own color, you must remove the five from the board and remove one of the rings. Now, this is going to be your score. You win when you've removed three of your rings from the board. Likewise, if you've made a row of five of your opponent's colors, then your opponent must remove those pieces and one of his rings. The simplicity of the rules and the lack of corner cases is one thing that makes this game so easy. And also, making rows is a common enough mechanic that most people seem to grasp it fairly quickly. You may notice from the rules that as you score more points, you lose mobility. That is, the more you score, the harder it is for you to score more. I think this makes for a wonderfully tense game. It also has a nice mix of strategies. In the beginning, you get to place your pieces in the formation that you think will aid you the most. You can focus on mobility, which is my preferred style. You can focus on blocking your opponent, controlling an edge, which can make your pieces impossible to flip, and there are probably numerous other strategies. Once you are set up how you wish, you have many choices in how to accomplish your goal of getting five in a row. You often need to have some of your rings dedicated to making your own rows, and some that are pretty much dedicated to preventing your opponent from making rows. The rules are so simple, and the depth of the game is a very good level. There's enough clarity that you can generally look ahead several turns, but occasionally your opponent will make a surprising move that really changes the board and you don't realize how it's going to happen. This mix of strategic choices and tactics is very nice. Sometimes you even get to make moves that have good tactical value while setting up a change in strategy that's coming up. This game is fairly forgiving to the occasional random move, if you will, because when your opponent takes advantage, he's likely to lose a ring. It's often possible to come back from being one ring down. However, I have noticed if you get down by two rings, the game is usually so close to over it doesn't even matter. Which is kind of leads me to the one big drawback that I find in the game, is that it's not easy to handicap. I've tried playing with one less ring, or to require one less ring for my opponent to win, but so far I generally beat the weaker players even with those handicaps. This makes it so it's not really fun to play unless your opponent is of comparable skill level. This is, however, my favorite in the GIP series to play against players of comparable skill level. I'm planning to make my own vinyl board so that it's a little more portable. I carry Zerts around with me all the time because it's so easy to carry, I just throw it in my bag. But I would usually rather play Yinch. I do hope that someone comes up with a nice handicap method, but so far all of my attempts have failed. You know, Takebacks is about the only one that works, works well, and because of all the flipping of pieces, it's very easy to lose track of what happened. The inability to handicap the game keeps this game at a solid 9. Now, I love this game. I think it's a lot of fun and a great abstract strategy game. It is just a little hard for me to find opponents. If anyone comes up with a good handicap mechanism that keeps this game from losing its flavor, this game will surely jump up to be a 10 for me. If you like abstract strategy games at all, which I expect if you're listening to this podcast you do, I would recommend that you try this game out. No caveat there. Just try it out. The components themselves are worth the price. 
If you don't like the game, well, you can always use the pieces to play Wizard's Garden or even Othello Jr. Unfortunately, 51 pieces isn't enough to play a full Othello game. You can play Yinch online at BSW or Boardspace.net. Before I get started on announcements and feedback, I wanted to give a quick plug to The Vintage Gamer. It's another podcast that I listen to regularly that occasionally does deal with abstract strategy games. I'm going to go ahead and play the plug now, and afterwards I'll get into feedback. Back in the midst of time, before D20, before Doom, before Settlers of Catan, there were other games. Role-playing games like Top Secret and Traveler, video games like Dark Castle and Mule, and board games like Titan, Cosmic Encounter, and Diplomacy. At the Vintage Gamer Podcast, we remember those times. In fact, we seek out great games from an earlier era. Each episode, we go back and take a fresh look at an older game that has stood the test of time, to see what works, see what doesn't, and spend a little time reminiscing. So grab your bottle of 30-year-old scotch or a piece of fine Stilton and join us at The Vintage Gamer, available at www.thevintagegamer.net. You're listening to Abstract Gamer, intelligent discussion about abstract strategy games. In my last episode, I misstated the TAMP's potential's ability. It's actually quite a bit stronger than what I played it as. Instead of describing the potential to get to introduce another piece, you use that potential as the piece that you introduce. This is huge, because it means you don't need to use a piece from your reserve. I'd like to thank Seth Benezra for correcting me on this, and sorry if I butcher your name. Seth also had this comment to make on the use of potentials with challenges. When we played, we allowed each player to select his own mix of potentials. I really like this option, since it allows the player to steer the game in the sub-arenas where they feel more competent than their opponents. For example, if I think I can best my opponent in Zerts, I might load up on Zerts potentials, trusting my Zerts skills to enable me to overcome any challenges that might appear. That's a good point, Seth, and thanks a lot for making it, and thanks to everyone else who sent me feedback on this. One request that I've received multiple times is to discuss strategies, both for specific games and in general. I've toyed with this a little bit, and I'm having a hard time making it so it doesn't sound pedantic to me. I will attempt to include strategy tips for individual games, if I know anything about strategy for the game, that is. I may try to include a generic strategy tip as well. We'll see how it turns out. Now, I may start asking for contributions on strategy for specific games at some point, but like I said, we'll see. I don't think I'm going to go back and hack in a strategy tips for Yinch, but if anyone is interested in discussing it, I'm more than happy to. And actually, if you want to discuss anything related to abstract strategy games or this podcast, please feel free to send me an email at abstractgamer at gmail.com or leave a comment in the blog. In addition to sending me feedback, I'd also love to hear about any upcoming tournaments, leagues, or conventions related to abstract games. I may be projecting a bit, but I think that abstract strategy players tend to be tournament, or at least tournament-style, players. I hope to be able to keep people informed on upcoming tournaments. 
in a related request, any information anyone has regarding the recently completed Mind Sport Olympiad would be appreciated too. If you send me an MP3 or Audacity project of good quality, I'll see what I can do about putting it in the show. And finally, as I mentioned earlier in the show, please send me links to any abstract strategy related sites that you would recommend, particularly any place where you can play games online. That's all I have for this episode. Thank you for listening. In the next episode, I will continue my coverage of the GIP series by covering both Tvon and Zertz. I'm also going to record a segment on gaming equipment quality. And if that's short enough, I'll actually have it as the first segment. Otherwise, there will be no generic topic in the show. I want to get back to my originally planned topics, so I want to get through this GIP series pretty fast. Thanks for listening, and have fun. Funky Rap and Whimsy Group by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.0. HTTP colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 2.0. This information and more can be found at www.abstractgamer.com.